What to Know podcast explores best practices, innovation, and latest trends with industry experts with an eye toward helping you, the listener, stay ahead of the ever-changing marketing and communications landscape. Good afternoon. This is Aaron Strout, CMO of W2O and the host of the What to Know podcast show. I have the pleasure of joining you live from the Health 2.0 conference with one of the keynote speakers, uh, Rasu Shrestha. He is the Chief Innovation Officer at UPMC and the Executive Vice President of UPMC Enterprises. Welcome, Rasu. Hey, thank you very much, Aaron. And I have to say, uh, he is very sharply dressed. I am envious of his uh, purple shirt. Um, but I'm really looking forward to this conversation because uh, even though we've not met before, your, reput- your reputation precedes you in a great way. Uh, you spent most of your career working in the university system. You started at USC, if I recall correctly, and then um, now at the University of Pittsburgh. You know, what's steered you down that path? I'm always interested to find out, you know, was that a conscious choice? Was it sort of you got started there and felt like this is where I want to be? Uh, obviously, there's a lot of innovation that hangs around university systems. Yeah, no, that's actually a really good question, Aaron. Um, the, the reality is, uh, look, as a physician by background, radiologist by background, um, you know, most of that happens in the academic setting, right? And where you provide care is in the hospital setting. So these AMCs or academic medical centers is really where there's a lot of that happening. What's also interesting is as I delved into my journey, my personal journey in terms of embracing health IT and informatics and innovation, um, there's a lot of that happening also in the healthcare settings that are affiliated with these universities, these academic medical centers. So, um, so that's really been the main reason for my journey. But the reality too, Aaron, is while yes, I've been affiliated with um, these academic medical centers, um, it informs the decisions that we're making in innovation, right? So we try to take a very strong academic and scientific rigor to even the investment decisions that we make, um, to the startup companies that we're actually birthing and investing into and innovating around. Um, so yes, I've been sort of firing from the shoulders of these academic medical centers throughout most of my career, but I've also been working very closely with venture capital, with the startup ecosystem, with um, you know folks in the federal government, and with uh, you know incubators and others as well. So that's I think really given me a position to work with the teams that I've been involved with to really s- take a, a, a very academic and scientific approach to you know what oftentimes ends up as hunches and going after buzzwords and saying maybe we should do that because that feels cool. Well, I think there's more to it than that. What's the evidence behind it and how do we do this right? Well, it's a good segue into this next question. And so you you obviously are in Pittsburgh. Uh, 20 years ago, this was a city that was very, you know, steel oriented and blue collar. Uh, it's undergone a tremendous evolution, and people like yourself are obviously part of that. Uh, it's now a smart city. I know that your mayor is one of the uh, other driving forces behind it. But, you know, as someone that's helped build this ecosystem, what what's changed there and, and what's driving that sense of innovation and sort of being a forward-thinking city for, again, someone that did great things but much more from a blocking and tackling versus a, a leading perspective? No, absolutely. And you're, you know, you're right. Pittsburgh has transformed itself. This one city in America that's really transformed itself in the last 10, 20 years. It really is Pittsburgh. I moved to Pittsburgh about 11 years ago. I got recruited to UPMC from sunny Los Angeles. Um, and, uh, you know, I got to tell you, UPMC was already 
innovative. There are lots of great things happening at UPMC from a payer and a provider perspective. And I do think that UPMC has been a catalyst to the change that we've noticed even in the last decade or so. Uh, and specifically, some of the work that we've been doing at UPMC Enterprises, um, where we've managed to also um, take advantage of this growing nidus of innovation that's focused in uh, on this traditional steel city that now capitalizes on machine learning and AI and data and healthcare, right? These evolving healthcare models that we are charged with pushing forward. And, and we at UPMC Enterprises are creating companies, growing um, jobs, and, and people are noticing that, right? So it's really transforming the face of Pittsburgh overall. Yeah, UPMC Enterprises is headquartered uh, in this building called Bakery Square, the old Nabisco factory. You know, it's located in this uh, older part of Pittsburgh called East Liberty. And I remember when I uh, moved to Pittsburgh 11 years ago, people used to warn me to say, hey, um, don't go to East Liberty after sundown. You know? And today, it's one of the more expensive real estates in all of Pittsburgh. And we share the same building with Google upstairs and Uber down the street and Argo AI and you know, uh, the other part of the city. So it's amazing the transformation that's gone through. And I know certain cities, like uh, if you look at Boston, certainly it's got the university system there and then biotech has gone in big, right? If you look at Austin, Texas, where I lived for six years, you have the University of Texas and then you have Dell, which spun off a lot of innovation. Other than the things you just mentioned, is there a particular company or is it the University of Pittsburgh, you know, like that's creating this? I know you said you're contributing to the ecosystem, but is there anything beyond that that's sort of making Pittsburgh that mecca right now? Absolutely. So um, I, I think there's this the trifecta effect of UPMC, you know, one of the largest integrated delivery networks in the country, tightly coupled with the payer provider, yin and yang. Um, there's University of Pittsburgh and then CMU. So this trifecta effect of these three really leading the charge, you know, great science and research coming out of University of Pittsburgh, you know, world's first machine learning department at CMU, right? Uh, the home of those 40-odd engineers that overnight got um, uh, hired into Uber, <laughs> right? Uh, came out of CMU, you know? And so this, all of that. And so, but having said that, but uh, there are also a lot of other startups, uh, other companies like Google even, that have gone into Pittsburgh to take advantage of the fact that Pittsburgh has access to the trifecta that I just mentioned, but the cost of living is actually pretty good in Pittsburgh. And you have access to talent from um, you know, the trifecta that I mentioned and, and other areas as well. Well, it's helpful. And anyone that doesn't know, uh, UPMC is a $19 billion world-renowned healthcare provider. So um, if you think that they're just you know, sort of a, another medical center, they're not. They're actually uh, doing quite a bit to help lead the charge. Uh, I want to fast forward a little bit to the healthcare or Health 2.0 conference. Um, you keynoted earlier this week on Sunday. You're doing a closing panel today. Can you give us a little bit of a uh, Cliff Notes version of your talk? Yeah, so the opening keynote, um, and I wanted it to be a little provocative, but also, you know, get people thinking, right? I started off the keynote with a challenge. And the challenge that I put in front of everyone in that ballroom was to say, all right, we all go to conferences to learn best practices, what's going on, you know, what should I be looking at? Um, I challenged the audience to say, all right, what will you unlearn? And that essentially was the premise of the conversation that I had during the keynote, is look, if we're to reimagine the future of healthcare, we have to let go of older paradigms, stoic 
assumptions, frameworks that just haven't gotten us anywhere. And we need to actively unlearn, right? Not just build and you know add more things to the already complex environment that we function in. That's called the U.S. healthcare system. So, so that was that was sort of the premise. And then I went deeper into the specifics of how it is that we're actually innovating at UPMC. The lens with which we're actually looking through um, the challenges that we're seeing in healthcare today. And I broke it down into some specific components, five components that I said were sort of the building blocks to making innovation sticky, starting first with people, um, and talking about culture, and then talking about data, uh, then talking about newer care models as we're evolving care and really taking care away from the hospital walls to where people eat, work, live, and play. And then lastly, um, talking specifically about entrepreneurship and the role of entrepreneurship in pushing innovation forward and making it sticky. I like that, and it's interesting. Our CEO, Jim Weiss, uh, has sort of a a version of that called do, dump, or delegate, right? And the idea is that um, you should be looking at the things you're weeding out or handing off as much as you're looking at the things you're going to do. So I like that idea of unlearning. And I think probably any industry could benefit from that concept of, you know, if you want to do new things, you have to sort of stop doing old things and probably even better, um, unwind them from, you know, what's getting in your way. Because if you let those what was in your past define your future, then it's hard to move forward. More so in healthcare, just given how complex things are and given how sometimes it's really archaic the way that we're actually pushing for um, um, the goals, right? If the goals are not aligned to the outcomes that we're seeking, then you know we're never gonna hit our targets. Right, uh, so I want to talk a little bit about innovation, and there are lots of things that you guys are doing, but one of the things that you and I talked a little bit about in prepping for this was your remote patient monitoring. Um, I had several guests that we talked to yesterday about sort of telemedicine and sort of this whole idea of being more connected to the patient. This is a different flavor of that. Talk about what you guys are doing in that space and what you're seeing. Yeah, so... um it's really interesting to see how healthcare is evolving. And one of the focuses for us at UPMC is to not just you know, cure our patients that come into UPMC with you know, stellar medical care and science and technology that uh, really affords that level of um, you know, life-changing medicine, which is our tag phrase, but to say, hey, look, when we discharge our patients from our hospitals, how do we make sure that, if at all possible, they never come back to our hospitals ever again? Right, so one of the things that we're doing with a company called Vivify Health, which is one of our portfolio companies at UPMC Enterprises, is co-creating a set of products and implementing those really across UPMC um, that allows for us to risk stratify chronically ill patients that are about to get discharged from our hospitals. And depending on what strata of risk they fall under, we give them technology that they get discharged with. So not just a bag of pills or a discharge summary and some instructions that they may not um, be able to comprehend, but technology. So technology, with their permission, monitoring um, their vitals, monitoring their um, you know, progress through uh, recovery, uh, taking f active feedback from them, and all of these data elements are going into a centralized hub 
that uh, basically tracks uh, whether or not they're falling off the guardrails. And if they're about to fall off the guardrails, which happens very often for these chronically ill patients, we know they're about to fall off the guardrails and we can then actively intervene. So, you know, just remarkable innovations happening in that space that allows for us to, um, you know, veer towards a health system that looks at not just patient-centered care, but person-centered care. And that's what this is all about. So I love that. And it's interesting because we talked a little bit with uh, Clover Health yesterday and some of the things they're doing with Medicare um, patients and using algorithms to monitor on the beginning part. Uh, what other sort of changes do you foresee and or companies in the next five to 10 years? I mean, there's so much that's happening from the drugs themselves, from the types of care, the provider, you know, uh, models that they're using, um, the monitoring, all of these different things, you know, the impact of things like 5G and, you know, AI. So give us a little bit of a your crystal ball and what you guys are looking at in the future. So it's really interesting. If you um, go around any conference these days and um, you know put your ear to the ground, you'll think that AI is going to solve for everything, right? So it's it's really um, kind of like you know, mobile 15 or 20 years ago. Right, that exactly was going right. to fix everything. It, although it did have a pretty big impact. It it had an impact, and AI will have an impact. It's already starting to have an impact. But I do think that where it'll veer towards is AI done right, right? Where AI doesn't become about you know, artificial intelligence per se, it really becomes about augmented intelligence, right? Done right, it removes the artificialness that technology has brought into healthcare, right? This digital divide that sits between the clinician and the consumer or the patient at the other end. So AI has that capability of, you know, actually removing that barrier. So, so I think that's a, there's going to be a lot of progress down that path. I, I think there are many other emerging areas. We're uh, heavily focused uh, also in an, uh, in an area of uh, immune transplant therapy. So translational science is, a, uh, is an area of focus for us at UPMC Enterprises where we're taking some of the most brilliant um, work that's coming out of UPMC and University of Pittsburgh uh, around things like immunology uh, as it relates to um, you know, uh, aging and cancer care right, and transplantation. And we're really pushing the envelope uh, on that uh, to the very next level. So you'll see lots of great things come out coming out of that uh, in, in the next uh, you know, couple of years as well. And how about one area, one other area to drill down on uh, gene editing, genomics? You know, are you guys, I'm sure you are, but anything interesting there in the near term that you're focused on? Absolutely. So there's a lot of work going on in uh, Pittsburgh around CRISPR. Uh, and genomics, right? We're uh, actively looking at a number of different opportunities specifically in that space. Um, you know, overall in a bigger picture scheme of things, we're also uh, really leading the charge in terms of the All of Us initiative, uh, which is a massive nationwide initiative uh, to collect a lot of uh, uh, genotypic data uh, across research cohorts and patient cohorts. And we have the l one of the largest really coming out of the Pittsburgh area. So a lot of great things happening in the genomics space, but our, our mantra has really all, uh, been, you know, look, it's not just about the genotypic data, it's also about connecting the genotypic data to the clinical data, to other data elements, including claims data, and better yet, Aaron, data that exists well outside of the health systems as well. So that, in a, in a, in a nutshell, is sort of, you know, how we're looking at um, this emerging field. Well, it's a brave new world, um, mostly in a good way, and uh, it, it's going to be exciting to see what the next few years bring to us. This is the part where I do like to shift a little bit and focus more on you as the person. Uh, so 
I like to ask three questions, and the first one is, tell us something about yourself that people don't know that you're willing to share. <laughs> that I'm willing to share, okay, all right, that's, that's, a, that's a good ad. Um, well, I, I don't think a lot of people know that I, um, I, I love uh, to paint. Um, so I'm a bit of an artist, and I try to bring that out in uh, some of the design thinking work that we look at, and even you know, when, when you sort of try to envision what a future could look like, a lot of it is imagery. Um, in, in the talks that I give, right, I, you know, not, not too many bullet points, a lot of them are, are images and pictures that tell stories. Um, so yeah, I, I'm an artist. And so you have to give us a little more, are you oil, watercolor, are you uh, yeah. abstract, are you, you know, still life, what, what's your thing? So, so my go-to medium um, traditionally has been watercolor. Um, I dabbled in a little bit of charcoal uh, and pencil as well. Just more um, unforgiving mediums, I think. Like oil is quite forgiving you know, if you're an artist, but watercolor and charcoal, not so unforgiving. But at the same time, I think you can capture the vibrancy, uh, the energy, the life out of many different scenarios using those two mediums. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, I'll have to check that out at some point. I'm wondering if you have any on social media. Do you do Pinterest or anything I like actually, that? Actually, no, I, uh, I've not. Like I, you know, the question you asked me, what, what do people not know about me? And they don't know too much about there this. There you go, for that reason. Put it out there. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, the second one is I like to find out what the smart people were talking to, read what inspires them. So any book, and actually I'm adding a caveat to this too, or an addition, which is if we want to expand this into podcasts, because I realize that there are people that really have, because they travel a lot, want to do the podcast thing. So books or podcasts that you've listened to that inspire you. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll stick to a book for now. <laughs> Evicted. If you have not read this, uh, and 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 you like really long books <laughs> with lots and lots of words. Evicted is highly recommended. Look, I, I I kid about the the, the 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 length of the book, but it is it is thick. Um, Evicted is by Matthew Desmond, and it talks about poverty and profit in uh, in the American city. And um, you know, it's an eye-opening book, Aaron. When you read Evicted and you go through the specifics of Everything that's sort of described in our cities, in America, the abject poverty that actually exists in a, amongst us, right? And you get a better understanding of the imbalance uh, that exists out there. That actually is very foundational to some of the many challenges that we're having in healthcare today. Uh, the disbalance amongst uh, the, the many of us, Americans in America, right? And so, so, so reading Evicted was a complete eye-opener uh, and, it, and it lends itself to so many other topics of conversation that are happening today areas that we're innovating into as well around social determinants of healthcare for example zip code housing right uh, poverty in, in, in specific areas versus others um, behavior change uh, amongst people that uh, may or may not be able to afford a certain medication, right? Uh, or may not, may not be able to, able to uh, eat certain types of foods, you know, and, and hence they're not healthy. So highly recommended, evicted. Yeah, it makes sense. I, and I've had some interesting conversations through the podcast with uh, CEOs of various providers and payers and talking about that impact of that holistic view of the patient and understanding their environment and actually using that as part of their care as well. Um, last question, I want to be sensitive to time. Uh, this is the fun one. I always love to see how people answer this, but uh, you're stranded on a proverbial deserted island. You can only take one album with you. Which album would you pick and why? 
only one album. It will have to be uh, my favorite Sting. Uh, and out of all of the Sting albums, and you know, they're all babies to me. I, I, you can't love one baby more than another. But uh, a slight leaning in towards Fields of Gold by Sting. Uh, some of his best classics are in that album. And uh, so if I was stranded in that, in that island, yeah, I'd be blasting fields of gold all day long. Well, that's a great choice. I do love Sting, and I have fond memories of uh, early days of Sting. So um, it's definitely something to relax to. Uh, this is Aaron Strout, CMO W2O, host of the What to Know podcast show. We're here at Health 2.0. I've had the pleasure of speaking to Rasu Shrestha, uh, who is the Chief Innovation Officer at UPMC and the EVP of UPMC's Enterprises. Um, at UPMC Enterprises. So thank you so much, uh, Rasu. It's been a pleasure and could do this for another two hours if we had the time. We could indeed. Thank you so much, Aaron. Want more episodes of What to Know? We post a new episode every Thursday. Subscribe on iTunes, the podcast app, the Stitcher app, or Spotify, and view the podcast page at w2ogroup.com slash what to know.